2: Hello, and welcome to the Gunnar Talk back again with you guys for another episode of What is the Arsenal Transfer Show. I join you every morning at 8 a.m. UK time. Hope you're doing good. Hope you're doing well. Thank you, as always, for making this a part of your morning routines. It is very much appreciated. And uh, certainly, there is plenty to discuss this morning after yesterday's kind of. Uh, chaotic end to the day um <laughs> because there was a lot of news that we discussed we had news that was breaking in the evening we were doing shows in the evening and uh we uh certainly had plenty to to talk about on our our show which you should check out because i was joined by as usual for the eat sleep arsenal repeats uh gabriel jesus uh <laughs> well, i wasn't joined by gabriel jesus we talked about gabriel jesus with sophie um with mike Kurtz, uh and of course with doc raj as well It'd be great if we could get Gabriel Jesus on a weekly slot but uh, uh, sadly we were just chatting about him rather than to him uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about him this morning as well so if you haven't gone and checked that one out please make sure that you do that uh, it is the last live upload on the channel. Uh, good morning to those joining us live in the chat box good morning to you uh, to Paul to Phil good morning to uh, other Paul uh, Matt G, Red Star, Amira, uh, PJ, Delts, uh, Olu, Tony Crosh, Martin Clincy, Dave, Steve, Colton, Stephen, James, Marcus, uh, Piniween, Jimbo. Uh, good morning to the rest of you guys as well. Thank you so much, all of you, for joining us. It means the absolute world. Thank you for that. Um, let's, without further ado, um, jump into the, uh, the the stories for today because there's a few that we need to discuss. A little bit of a loose transfer line to kick things off. According to Fabio Lazzano uh reporter um, based, I believe, in Brazil, um, reporting about Arsenal's potential interest amongst a number of clubs in 17-year-old Corinthians uh, defensive midfielder Gabriel Moscado. Yes, uh, Arsenal might end up having to sign, having to, I say it like it's a chore, uh, potentially signing, I guess, a, yet another um yet another player whose name is indeed gabriel um surprisingly uh, is another player that could indeed join who's brazilian and called gabriel so yes uh it's an amazing opportunity for arsenal to strengthen that fa- that base that foundation of gabriel's but uh, i don't really know too much about the guy uh, i know he's a defensive midfielder that plays for corinthians and he's 17 years of age but i'd need to do a little bit more digging into him he's got plenty of senior experience as well which is really really good um but uh no appearances that i can see for the brazilian youth side so far Uh, and he's clearly being identified as potentially a player to keep an eye out for. He's ranked at transfer marks at 1.5 million euros, which is a lot for a 17-year-old on transfer marks who's playing in a league like that. So clearly there isn't a a feeling, uh, if you like, about about him being a a talented kid. So we'll have to keep our eyes on this one. Let's see if we're... uh, Moving on for another Gabby. Uh, And speaking of potential youngsters that could leave Arsenal, uh, Brook Norton Cuffey has joined Millwall on loan for the forthcoming season. He'll be spending yet another campaign in the championship. Last year, he was with Rotherham for six months. He then went to Coventry City and helped them to the playoff final, which they lost to Luton. Um, But with Millwall, another side looking to try and obviously reach the playoffs, Brook Norton Cuffey, uh, has gone there for a season so we wish him all the best and hopefully he can have a successful campaign and come back to Arsenal maybe in a better position than he's ever been uh, and have some kind of position to, to try and fight for a place as well. Uh, Gabriel Jesus has returned to training and you can see him in that image there really really positive as always seeing him smiling uh, as very very happy for that indeed uh, but Jesus Arsenal's number nine is back and uh, hopefully will be involved in some of the upcoming teams, uh, some of the upcoming um, sides, whether or not he's fit enough to be in the squad for Fulham this weekend. We'll have to wait and see. Um, But uh, Gabriel Jesus is indeed, uh, it seems at least, going to be very, very close to joining up with his new teammates like uh, we haven't seen yet with Kai Havertz really other than in preseason Kai Havertz, David Rea, Declan Rice, I can't wait to see what Jesus can do in this squad with these new additions to the team so that's something to be really really excited about. Uh, Kieran is joining Real Sociedad on loan for the forthcoming campaign we'll talk about I think probably a lot more to do with him uh, in the second half of the show and get people's thoughts about this but it was confirmed last night by David Ornstein that uh, a deal between um Tini and Real Sociedad was indeed close Fabrizio Romano tweeting literally minutes ago that that has now been confirmed, and that Tini will be joining at uh, Real Sociedad for the forthcoming campaign. Of course, Arsenal have sold uh, or allowed at least a left back to go to Real Sociedad before. You may remember that uh, Nacho Monreal left Arsenal for Real Sociedad to spend the season there. So. Uh, yeah, it's very interesting indeed to see how he gets on in La Liga. Um, but it's probably the best choice for all parties to make sure he's playing and getting opportunities, and so that next season Arsenal can get a significant fee. Fingers crossed for the player. Um, and uh, lastly, and our headline story of the day is that following Balogun, um, or Balogun is uh, closing in a on a potential move to Monaco. For Bruce Hawkins of RMC Sport reporting that a thirty. 8.6 million pounds, 45 million euro move to Monaco is indeed in the final stages of discussions, details being confirmed. There may be some um, some slight uh, differences in, in the fee. We'll have to wait and see because uh, David Ornstein reported yesterday that kind of final details are being sorted, which is obviously really, really good. Um, but uh, I really look forward to seeing um, Balogun um, in another league playing regularly. Yes, away from Arsenal on a permanent deal, but at the end of the day, Very, very happy indeed um, that Arsenal got a very, very good figure. uh, And a figure that, if I'm being very honest, I'm not saying this just to be smug, but I have said for quite some time um, that I thought it would be uh, around that 35, you know, between 30 and 40. And and when it was in that price range in the end, you know, a lot of people wanted to see Balogun um, going for 50-odd million pounds. But uh, yeah, it never felt like that was going to be a realistic price tag um it just never felt that way that it was even with the other deals you know Rasmus Hoyland for a moment made me wobble a bit I was like well if he's going for that much surely we should be getting something else for Balogun but the realism is that Arsenal didn't have a Manchester United um that we're in for Balogun um so sadly we couldn't get that type of figure but him moving abroad I think moving to Monaco in particular is a really really good place for him to go from an Arsenal perspective of a sell-on clause type thing you expect a sell-on clause to be involved in so I don't know that for certain I'm just kind of speculating at this point on the sell-on side of things, but if there is a 10 or 20 percent sell on clause you can expect if he does well at Monaco that he would earn another move and that potentially could see him um, earn Arsenal another uh, bonus benefit uh, in terms of money as well so yeah let's let's wait and see what ends up happening All right um, let's move to part two and your questions right after this. Right then, part two and your questions then. Let's jump into the chat box, shall we? And see how many of these we can indeed tackle. Uh, let's jump in. Uh, Peter says, what are your thoughts on us being linked to Shurs? Uh, Do you think he'll be a good defensive signing? I've only seen a really loose link from Italy um, so far. So I've not necessarily seen anything suggesting it's there's a lot in this at the moment, Peter. Um, that's not to say it's not true. I don't know too much about the guy. I, I had a couple of people message me yesterday talking about him in particular and and who he is and what he brings. He's a very tall uh, centre-half, 1.91 metres, 23 years of age. He's right-footed, um, so you'd imagine would be coming in to replace Timber, but he's very, very different to, to Timber. He did used to play at Ajax, uh, I believe, with Timber um, as well. So they've got that past and Arsenal are looking at a player that's clearly been through the Ajax um academy well I say academy he was at Fortuna Sittard uh, prior to Ajax but uh he's been through the the Ajax uh mill and they've uh developed him in some part of his his career but I don't really have any thoughts because I don't really know too much about him to be fair uh Matt says Tom did you see Mike Dean's interview of Simon Jordan I'm angry but I'm not surprised yeah um yeah, I talked about this a little bit yesterday with the guys on the Eat Sleep Arsenal Repeat podcast. It's staggeringly bad, like staggeringly terrible um, that that's happened, that that's a thing that he's decided to not send his mate Anthony Taylor to the VAR because he's already had a difficult game. What's that about? <laughs> it's, it's a joke. It's entirely, as you say, unsurprising, Matt, um, but sadly it's it's where we find ourselves. Um, and... Hopefully, with Mike Dean no longer a referee in the Premier League, um, these types of decisions will be less often. I say that, but we're in game week two and we've had a significant number of errors. We've already had an apology. It's, it's chaos. It's it's absolutely chaos. Um, jumping into the chat box further, Pona Roo says, what did you think of Tony Cruz's comments on the Gabri Vega move? I don't actually agree with him at all, by the way. You know, if you haven't seen this Tony Cruz left a comment on Fabrizio Romano's tweet saying that Gabri Vega was joining Al Ali. He left a comment that was simply the word embarrassing. Uh, Al Ali managed to hijack a deal of Gabri Vega moving to Napoli. Um, The difference with this move actually is quite interesting. I actually did a piece on this yesterday on why Arsenal should be a little bit concerned, if you like, about the potential for players like... Gabri Vega to move and obviously we saw Mohamed Salah is being linked with a move to Saudi Arabia now as well and apparently he's already agreed personal terms but it'll be down to whether or not Liverpool are open to selling him and what kind of money is on the table for Salah um, but uh, I, I don't agree with um, Tony Cruz's comment at all because actually what's interesting is uh, why is someone spamming my chat? Uh, actually when it comes to um, the the move to Al Ali Al Ali's um, uh, manager is a guy called Matthias Yassel who is if I've pronounced that correctly um, who of course was spent time at Red Bull Salzburg and they coaxed him away from Red Bull Salzburg after a couple of seasons they're obviously working at a, a club in which you learn to develop young players improve young players bring them through at one of the best clubs in the world for doing that. And so, Gabriel Vega is going to go and play under a coach that's got a track record of producing some really young stars um, and some of the best young players in the world. And he's going to a club that have also signed some other younger players. I say younger, you know, these are mid-20s players like Roger Ibanez, Alan Samaxaman, Merya Demoral, But they're not the 30-pluses. Like, the yes, they've added some more experienced players like Riyad Mahrez and Roberto Firmino as well. But actually... The move for Gabriel Vega could still see him develop and should still see him develop in uh... significantly uh getting regular game time under a coach that's known for doing just that so it's not embarrassing for me um but Cruz is rarely one to hold back his opinions isn't he um Pinween thank you so much for the donation very much appreciate it Jimbo says uh I did it Tom the away shirt is on its way well, I hope that it arrives in in good time for you Jimbo because uh it's it's if it's the third kit. It's a very nice one, indeed. Um, Akmal says, Tom, how many PGMOL apologies do you predict this weekend? It's, I mean, I'm surely going to be right in saying just the one. I feel like we're going to be consistent across the season. If we're going to be consistent, then it's got to be one apology each weekend. You know, our XA, which is not expected assists, ex- expected apologies from the PGMOL, is going to be surely just one per week. Um embarrassing um Francois says the Saudi league is now competitive more competitive than Liga um not yet um but it's certainly it's working its way towards uh, becoming one of the most competitive leagues in the world it's not competitive in the summer that Liga is really because well I guess you could argue that with with PSG dominating the league that said you know teams like Lons and Monaco and Lyon and Marseille you, you have to try and, and push themselves up the table and stuff and but They're investing in four teams, really. Um, You've got Al-Ali, you've got um, Al-Nasser, you've got Al-Etifak, you got Al-Itihad. I think there's another one um, that I'm forgetting about as well. Um, But, uh, you know, they're investing in kind of clubs at the top of the table, talking specifically about um, what you can expect from a competitive race for the title. And uh, I think that when it comes down to the idea that, they might have a team entering the Champions League, which I've seen talked about as well. Um, I really do want to see it be sensible because I'm not sure that entering a Saudi side into the Champions League is the way forward. I know that there's been suggestions that, you know, there should be kind of a wild card entry. I think when you start opening that in, um, it's it's difficult to close that door once it's open. There's a Club World Cup. You know, FIFA are expanding the Club World Cup. They're getting more teams involved in that. I don't think they need to include a non-European side in the European Champions League. There is a, um Asian Champions League. There's a South American. There's a North American Conquercaf Champions League. You know, just when you start breaking those boundaries, I think that's that's when you start getting into dangerous territories, to be honest. Uh, Al-Hilal uh, is the other one. Thank you. Um, that's the one that Neymar has gone to. That's the, the one that I was... Struggling to think of. Um, no, that's disrespectful. Let's not do that. Um, Matt says, uh, do you think the Saudi revolution will change the shape of the Champions League? Well, there you go. I just um, I just <laughs> talked about it, so I hope that what I said changed uh, or at least answered your question. Um, Albrecht says, I'm sure that you meant Al Nasser as the fifth team. Uh, I mean, I said Al Nasser as well. So it was Al Nasser, Al-Hilal, Al-Ali, Al-Etafak and Al-Etihad. Um are the ones that I can remember that I think are doing a lot of the uh, investments. So there you go. But uh, Al Ali have signed Gabri Vega, and it's very interesting indeed. But if you want to read my piece or I go into a little bit more detail on that, you can. It's on the London website. Uh, says, what did the PGMOL apologize for? Uh, well, they rescinded the um, McAllister red card. So you can count that as an apology if you like, because that's been overturned and they apologized for the Wolves a incident in week one, didn't they? So uh, there's been two instances of admittance of wrong decisions in two weeks, and there was arguably there should have been others as well. But uh, yeah, let's let's wait and see. Wynn um, says, when he leaves, will we still be following uh, Balogun? I suppose we will because we want to see how he gets on. Was it the right decision to to sell him? Was it? Did we include a, a sell on clause? You know, all of those types of things, you know, that are really, really important to, to consider when you're looking at a player that's left. And hopefully he does well, because if he does get a really big move, um, then, you know, then Arsenal would hopefully benefit from a sell-on clause as well. Um, Clock Orange says they did not say anything for the Tommy Asu thing. No, because yellow cards can't be overturned. So, um, yeah, no, you can't, you can't do that. Uh, Phil Ed says, Tom, do you think we'll get somebody on deadline day? Hopefully we get someone before. I'm hoping we get somebody in now. You know, the fact that we've moved Balogun on, the fact that Tinny's being moved on, Tavares, Lekonga, Pepe, hopefully their situations are going to be resolved soon as well and Arsenal can you know, think about maybe bringing in one more before the season finishes. I would like to see two, but it's difficult to see with the amount of players in the squad how we can bring anybody in until we've moved these players out. But we are working hard to be able to try and move those players on, it's worth saying. Um, Maximilis says, Hey Tom, I'm genuinely disappointed with our ability as a club when it comes to sales. Seeing business done by Southampton, Brighton, Hove Albion, Brentford, etc. We always seem to get a bad deal. Maybe it's our reputation. I mean, I'm always asking the question, you tell me what you expect of Arsenal to do differently and what the strategy should be that's different. And I'll happily agree with that view if it's if it's sound. But so far, you've had players, as you point out, teams like Brentford, Brighton Hove, Albion and Saints. I mean, you, it's ironic that you bring up Brentford because Arsenal have secured an amazing deal with David Rea from Brentford. Southampton, you know, Romeo Lavia bought by... Um, bought by Chelsea for a fee that is just kind of crazy, but it's Chelsea. We haven't had Chelsea coming in for our players. These are clubs that are, by nature, selling clubs. Brighton and Hove Albion, Brighton are a selling club. Southampton are a selling club. You know, Brentford, to an extent, you know, not really known for their selling, to be honest. Although, you know, they've sold the likes of Ollie Watkins um, before. Um, ben Rama as well previously, so I guess you could still claim that they are still a bit of a selling club. I don't want Arsenal to be a selling club. You know, the reputations of these clubs that are good at selling usually fall behind uh, a reputation as a club for being a club that lose their best players. So if you want Arsenal to be like these teams in terms of selling, you're probably going to have to sacrifice something, and that's probably going to come in competition. And I don't want that. You know, it's better to compare Arsenal to like Liverpool or Chelsea now. Chelsea, you'd say, are better sellers than Arsenal because they've always got good fees for younger players. But also, you know, they're also spending huge amounts of money and they're not spending it particularly well. And that means they've always got loads of surplus talent to sell. You know, they've made a loss on Havertz. They made a loss on Ziyech. They made a loss on um, Edouard Mendy, I think. I think they made a loss on Koulibaly as well. So it's not as cut and dry as saying, well, I'm genuinely disappointed with our ability to sell because we're not selling like these clubs. These clubs are selling clubs. We're not a selling club. So I think there are differences between the two. And I still wait for somebody to give me a, a good strategy, a good solution that you that you're telling me what Edu should be doing differently and how he does that because I don't know. Uh, Matt says also Tom. Very curious to why people still believe Arteta and Edu should be out. Uh, how can you not support the team right now? Our sales are not that high because the players that we're selling are old. It's a new squad. I think most of it's for attention, to be honest. At this stage, like if, you, if you're spouting Arteta out on the on the interwaves and stuff like that, it's very much for attention more than anything. I think that's pretty obvious um william salibak says tom al-halal have drawn mumbai city in the uh, afc champions league uh, neymar neves Milinkovic, savage mitrovic kulabeli uh bunu uh, all coming to india first time getting any superstars playing here that's not true it's not the first time that you've had some superstars in india because diego forlan i remember playing in india uh, i was looking at uh, a, th- a thread of a number of players del piero i think did he not play in india so it's not the first time you're getting superstars out there, there's been plenty of uh, high profile players that have been uh, played in India, so uh, yeah, gotta uh, got appreciate some of those deals. That's why I bring up India before as, as a nation that tried to kind of have their own, if you like, um, bring in some of those players in the past, um, but it didn't really go the same way as what it looks like it's doing with uh, Saudi. Anelka, uh, there you go, another big shout in the chat box. Nicholas Anelka playing out as well, and Robert Pires played for FC Goa. So you look at the knowledge. From the chat box, fantastic stuff. um Jee says our sales are not good enough. I expect Tierney to be sold for sixty million pounds, Balogun for eighty million pounds, Nuno for forty-five million, and Win the Dog for twenty-five million easy. I mean, I think you're underselling Win the Dog, Matt. It's been the key to our success. So I don't really know why twenty-five million is is what's on the table, uh, but it is interesting what people expect. Just a little bit of opinion, by the way, before we wrap things up on the uh, the Tierney situation. For me. I'm very happy with that deal for Kieran Tierney. I saw a lot of people tweeting yesterday saying they couldn't really understand why Arsenal have done it. For me, it's pretty clear why Arsenal have done it. He's not in Arteta's plans. You know, you've got that's that's the situation. Whether or not we think that Tierney should be in Arteta's plans, that's irrelevant because we have to go by the situation that we are as a club when we formulate these opinions. So the the situation is, is that he's he's fourth choice behind Kivior, behind Tommy behind Zinchenko. Technically fifth choice if you count Timber in there as well. And so he's not playing enough. And so he needs to go, he needs to play, and he needs to go and get some minutes. So he comes back with two years left on his contract. He has finishes in 2026, so plenty of time left on his deal. Go out and play regularly, come back after a good season and then either reintegrate or we sell him and get a good fee. It's really simple for me, this one. Um, and some people say, well, what if he gets injured out there? Well, what if he got injured here? Like <laughs> He's not any use to us if he's injured either. So the old injury argument doesn't hold up at all. Um, because if you're using an injury argument, you've got to apply that to if he was at Arsenal at the same time as well. So that doesn't work. Um, but for me, it was important that he gets plenty of game time and uh, hopefully he's going to be able to do that. So, yeah, I look forward to it. Uh, thank you, everyone, in the chat box. Really appreciate your time. Uh, we're going to be around the show off there. Uh, I am, as I say, heading away this weekend uh, for some for a bit of a break, but we will bring you the, uh, the 8 a.m. show. It's probably a shorter edition, as usual, on Saturday and Sunday. Things back to normal. On Monday, uh, we'll have a reaction to, of course, Arsenal's game against Fulham tomorrow on Sunday morning. Um, So that'll be a reaction to that game. And any more transfer news, we'll be discussing it as well. But thank you to everyone that has uh, that's tuned in. I do want to also end the show. Uh, I've seen a few people tweet me voting in the Football Content Awards. I'm not involved in the Football Content Awards this year. I'm not um, doing like a promotion for it or getting involved with it this year. We've had two really good years uh, in that competition. We got bronze in 2021. We got silver in 2022. And I massively appreciate everyone that voted for us. Um, but we're not uh, getting involved this year. It's, it's time for, you know, some other Arsenal channels to to have a go, pass the torch on if you like. And uh, and I wish them the absolute best in that competition and hope that they uh, can get the results that they want. But uh, yeah, we're, we're not going to be in the FCA's uh, football content awards this year. So if you voted for us, channel your votes into somebody else. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, they deserve it. I think I saw Arsenal Vision um, promoting that they're they're going in for it this year as best podcast I think, and um, I'm sure that some of our good friends will be going in for it as well. So uh, go vote for them. Uh, they, they've uh, they've certainly deserved it. But thank you so much everyone for listening and tuning in. Really appreciate your time as always. Uh, have a fantastic weekend, and as always, up the Arsenal.